everyone knows the current definition of toxic masculinity is kind of this, you know, this tough, grisly looking, non shape. You know, just you're, you're a terrible person. You're too angry, too all this stuff. But in the reality is that that is such a minority of people. And I mm-hmm. think that a true thing that we've seen in, in stemming from decades ago is really this idea that men can't have emotions, can't have feelings, can't cry, can't ask for help. And all of those things are what true toxic masculinity is because that's what really hinders what a true man could be. And a true man should be someone who's strong, someone who's supportive, someone who's caring, have feelings, be able to emotionally connect with people. But we are trained from a young age that no, 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 you're a guy, you can't do this, or, you know, this is this, and, you know, no crying, no nothing when you're a kid. Now, maybe not so much anymore, but there are tens or hundreds of thousands of men who do feel this way on a regular basis. So here's a question. Why are so many men struggling to be a man these days? Now with 70% of divorces being initiated by women and 80% of suicides being men, clearly we men are missing something. And that something is actually very simple. We are not training to become better men. Now, just like in the gym, if you want to be stronger in the bedroom, in your own head, and in the purpose you are here to fulfill, you've got to train for it. And that's exactly what we do on Inspired by Impact as we work towards igniting the impact we wish to see in our world. Now, let's get to it. Hello there again, my brother, and wow, episode number 60, this is going to be a gutter because this episode reveals the head-shaking realization that was brought to my attention by the one and only Scott Friedman from the Power of Progress podcast when he unintentionally redefined the mission of Inspired by Impact and my very purpose in life. It was Man, it was crazy, and I had no idea that we were going to go where we went. But anyways, diving, before I go just completely off the rails on this, here are the challenges that we be tackling today. So challenge number one, when you're not clear as to what is holding you back from reaching your goals, this is step number one to figuring that shit out. Challenge number two, when you lose momentum and motivation to keep working towards your goals, what can you do to get yourself back on track before you slide too far back? Challenge number three, why society has toxic masculinity all wrong and why most men are actually toxic without even knowing it. And challenge number four, what to do when you see a girl with an amazing ass and her tights crammed right up there at the gym so that you don't end up becoming a viral creep. If you've seen any of those videos, you know what the hell I'm talking about. So first things first, if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're coming back, welcome back. But this is how we do on Inspired by Impact. This is all about ending mental and emotional masturbation once and for all. And how do we do that? We do that by taking one thing from this podcast. So when you hear something that sticks out at you, an idea or a quote that either myself or Scott shares with you, what you are going to do is you are going to pause or take a timestamp of the podcast. Then you go to the show notes and you download your free blueprint of the mental muscle up, which is simply a 10 minute journaling experience. That is four questions that take you from inspiration to implementation so you can ignite the impact you wish to see in your world. Now, without further ado, let me dive into the episode and introduce you to the man who completely helped redefine not just this podcast, but my very purpose in life. 
All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Inspired by Impact. And today we have a man on who has inspired me in a very butterfly effect kind of way. And I don't even think he realizes what I mean by that just yet, but I'm going to get to that because it's it's a little thing that just created an unbelievably huge ripple effect across not just my life, but the life of other men in my life. So we got Scott from the Power of Progress podcast. And if there's one thing that I would say about Scott, is just take a look at the number of podcasts he's put out and the dates he's put them out. And he is the fucking king of consistency. And I'm wondering how you're going to respond to that, Scott, because I look at your podcasts. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to step up my game. And dude, dude's got a full time job, too. And he's, he's managing a huge team and he's just the king of no excuses and the king of what uh, my brothers and I have kind of. Um, I guess what's the word I'm looking for? We've coined this, this phrase, no more zeros, like just no, no more not showing up or not doing at least the least that you can. And you seem to be the king of that shit. So welcome to the show. And, uh, first things first, let us know how you get yourself to be so consistent, even when you don't feel like it, Scott. Oh my gosh. Well, first off, thank you for having me on the show. I mean, that that's an amazing uh opening line there. I loved it. And uh, you know, it look, it doesn't it, it didn't start overnight. I mean, it, it's uh I think I don't know what I'm at, like 160 episodes or something like that on, <laughs> on, on this particular podcast. And uh it's not always, I mean, like I it's you know, I don't I don't have a great answer for it. It's something when I think that when I wanted to do it, I made a plan and I was like, there's no excuse. I just have to keep doing it. And there are days I screw up. There are days I don't actually record what I want to, but it's about getting it out generally and making sure that even when I don't do it, I don't let myself feel bad about it. I just move on to the next one. So if you, if I, I don't dwell in the mistake, so, cause you'll see the dates on there. It's not all exactly the same, but right. my goal is I got to get out X amount a week. And if I don't, okay, fine. Next week I can do it. And if I don't, okay, next week. And then I just keep doing it. I would say the key to consistency is I constantly big thing I do is I have a big to-do list uh, and it's it's like always the number one thing on my to-do list is to record episodes because okay. if I don't write it down, I actually will forget. I'll be like, I'll be sitting on the couch watching TV be like, holy crap, I didn't record an episode today because I did because I just didn't write it down. So I, I like to get everything out of my head and on paper or on my whiteboard that's next to me over here. And that I would say is a big secret to my consistency with recording episodes at least is I make it visual. I look at it because I can see the second I sit down on my computer – I can see it go, oh, got to record. And I make sure to have the dates on there. And again, does it always work? No, but it increases the percentage chance that I will do it. So I appreciate that. And that's that would be the main thing that I do is because I'm not a big fan of feeling good. Uh, there's all like, there's plenty of days where I literally don't want to record at all or don't want to do anything. I just I want to get home, sit on the couch, watch TV, drink a beer and be done. And I'm like, yeah. well, it's on, it's on the to-do list. I got to do it. And so it's just... I, I, and then over time, you know, you screw up a few times, you keep doing it, you start to build that routine. And then that's how I kind of got into that mode of just, and it's, you know, basically the first podcast was two years and then I had this new one and then, and that's kind of how the consistency uh, started really. So I'm almost three years into it and boom. Yeah, it, it doesn't, it definitely takes a while for consistency to come in, but I'm, I want to unpack a couple things there. Yeah. Number one, um, I like you am also a super visual person and it's, it's so interesting. Like you said that like the secret to consistency there is like writing it down and seeing it visually. Right. Like I think it, it's so simple 
And yet there's been so many times where I've screwed that up and so many times where clients or friends or brothers of mine have screwed that up too. And it's like, well, did you write it down? Well, no. Okay, well, write that shit down and then you're not going to forget because that's something that's so small, but it's so powerful. So I love that because that is something that definitely works for me. Now, another thing that I want to, it's a little bit of a side topic. In one of your podcast episodes, you talked about how um, you don't let yourself watch TV until you've done this. So I, I love this idea of kind of applying the principles of intermittent fasting to the other the other activities that you want to do. And I'm trying to think of, we're going to get to something right away that's super funny. But this idea of treating your external behaviors, whether that's with your business or whatever it is, like intermittent fasting, like you cannot eat during this window. So the activities that you can't do during this window. And for you, it's like, okay, well, I can't do this and tell this. But in that episode, you also mentioned, okay, you like to sit down and have a beer, but then, or there was something else. What was the other thing that you mentioned there? And was it a drink? Well, yeah, a beer, a drink, yeah, or you know, uh, watch TV or something like that. No, but there, there was. I think there. I thought there was another drink that you mentioned, and I was like, I don't know if I've ever heard that. What is that? Oh, high noon. High noon. Okay. Yeah. Original. Oh, originally on the sh- on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. A high noon. My drink of choice, actually. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's your drink of choice. Yeah. Hundred okay. percent. Okay. What is that? It's like a uh, everyone who's probably drinking. It's like oh, it's, it's like a vodka. It's like a vodka flavored vodka. Okay. And it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, a white claws cousin. So a white, white claw okay. is gotcha. a white claw is a spiked seltzer, whereas yeah. this is almost identical and kind of what you would look at, what you almost not what you taste, but very similar. But it's actually just a, it's a different substance. So it's like a it's a, it's just a flavored vodka. And okay, it's, okay, it's delicious. It's, I love them. I think. <laughs> okay, cool. Because when you said that, I'm like, oh man, is that a cocktail? Is that a drink? Like, what is that? I I always want to know what other people are drinking because I'm huge into cocktails, except for this month. Like, <laughs> not, I decided to go dry. I decided to go dry oh, in February, but uh, very nice. Yeah, whatever. I've <laughs> I, I, I've done it before, and honestly, like I think I did it last October, just just to see, and uh, I I didn't notice any real difference. Like I wasn't sleeping better, I wasn't thinking better, and it was just it was kind of annoying. But then one of my friends did a post on Instagram, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm doing dry February," and it just so happened the week prior, I was like getting a little bit out of control in terms of like three days a week where I would normally have one, maybe two drinks. It turned into like five, maybe six drinks. I'm like, okay, mm. it's, it's time for a reset. So it hasn't been that hard, but at the same time, it's just like, man, this is, this isn't really improving my life in any way. Shape, or form. So I'm going back to it. As you can see behind me, I've got like eight different types of that's bourbon a, there, but it's a great collection though. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, like it. it's, 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 it's pretty decent. And all the bottles are like, this much left so i'll have to replenish it it's funny the reason i got so many bottles was because i was like yeah if i have a lot of different flavors and a lot of different bottles is going to last so much longer no it doesn't work like that. not at all they did. No, the no, pores no. just got bigger and bigger um anyways <laughs> kate so one of the things i want to dive into and you're going to coach me on this because full disclosure i was going to cancel on you today i was totally going to cancel I got home from training a client uh, this morning. Actually, no, I went to train a client, a small group. Nobody fucking showed up. So I was like, well, whatever. I'll work mm. out. That's fine. Like now I'm just going to get home earlier. I'm doing my workout anyways. So get home. And then I ended up doing a bunch of running around, which I normally don't do in the morning. Like morning is like work and productivity time. And so I'm going to get groceries and people in the, the store are just pissing me off like crazy. 
And not that they're pissing me off. I'm allowing myself to get triggered if we're being honest here. And so I get home and jail's kind of in a, in a sour mood and I'm trying to cheer her up. So now I'm just drained. And then I'm like, oh, I got a call with my buddy at one o'clock. Just fuck it. I'm watching movies. I'm going to cancel on Scott. And then I pull up an email from Tom Billiou and it says how like in it's like how to never cancel again. I'm like, fuck, here we go. And it wasn't too long ago that I, I came up with uh, a little slogan for myself that I actually writ, wrote down and made visual as well and said, Kings don't cancel. Kings Ooh, don't cancel. I like that. So I was planning on being in a horrible mood for this podcast because <laughs> I, I thought I was going to be. I'm like, Scott's going to get a very fired up Carl. But luckily, I was able to turn it around. But it was funny because I was listening to your last podcast where you talk about positivity and like <laughs> changing your mindset and how like everything just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm like, this motherfucker like he's just he's saying all the stuff that i don't want to hear but i need to hear right now which is why i'm in a better mood right now but i'm going to use a personal example for me on march 19th i'm launching the very first brotherhood boot camp where it's going to be teaching men how to take what works inside the gym and apply it outside the gym now for me i've recently realized that i have a horrible story playing with regards to what men are going to think about this. So I just finished doing the poster for the gym. I'm going to put it up in there. And all I keep telling myself is that none of these guys are going to give a shit. Like nobody's going to want to come. They're going to see this. They're going to be like, who is this asshole? Like, it's just, it, this is stupid. And like, that's the story I've been telling myself over and over and over again. And I didn't really catch it until this morning. So given what you mentioned in your latest podcast episode, just share some of your insights on what somebody like me can do. Uh, first and foremost, if I wasn't aware of it, but now that I'm aware of it, how do I start to change that internal dialogue so that I can make the self-fulfilling prophecy something that I would actually want to experience? Awesome. Well, first off, I'm glad you didn't cancel. That's me too, man. Awesome. So it, there's a lot to unpack there. So I'm not sure if I can get it all in, but I, I mean, it, it, the essence of what you're talking about, and, and obviously, you know, um, I say a lot of things in the podcast. So if I don't get it exactly right, just you know, feel free. No, to no, no. Me. Even if it's not is, on there, go ahead. So the first thing is identifying what the result is that you want, right? Like your result is that you want to have this specific boot camp, and then you're telling yourself certain things about it because you have a preconception, uh, belief, perception of what's actually going to happen based on what you think is going to happen, not based in reality necessarily. Now you have facts that you've gathered, right? Which creates all of your beliefs. And then you put them together to say, you know what? Guys aren't going to like this. No one's going to like this thing. So I think the first thing that someone has to do is, okay, what's your goal? What are you looking to do? And then boom, what are the actions you have to take to get to that goal? Now, and that sounds very easy. Sounds very simple. A lot of people don't even do that part of it, but right. uh, once you do that, then, because you're already past that part, you already know the actions, you're going to post yep. this, you're going to make this. That's when the uncertainty, that's when the lack of confidence comes up. That's when the negativity comes up. Because for one reason, no one likes change. No one likes putting themselves out there because if you put yourself out there, someone might make fun of you. Someone might not like you. Someone might not like your message. Someone might think this is the stupidest thing. And then you're going to feel vulnerable. And it's like, oh, I wasted all my time. This is really stupid because of your perception of what someone else might think. And you're just going through it now. That's the first thing is we don't want to be, we don't want to be just, 
like almost not taking advantage of, but we just don't want to be vulnerable in that way. Cause mm-hmm. it's, it's hard for us. It's hard for anyone to be vulnerable. And then number two, uh, when you're doing it, it's your body doesn't like change. Your body will do anything it can to keep you in. It's the same cycle over and over again. It actually will release hormones into your brain so that you are in the same method. So those thoughts that you're having, those negative thoughts, potentially because you're scared, nervous, whatever, your body feels like goes, okay, let's do this. Let's keep this going. And then it constantly pushes that cycle over and over and over again. For example, when I get home from a brutal day at work and I know how I feel when I am stressed, I'm annoyed at my boss. Just things aren't going right. I get so overworked that I know my body instantly fires off whatever it wants to do. And it goes, Scott, no recording, no doing nothing. Sit on the couch and watch NCIS for three hours before you go to bed. <laughs> and because because you just because you deserve it because it was a hard mm-hmm. day. Because so now my body goes, okay, I want you to do this because this is how you feel. This is how you normally react to it. So we're going to make it so you react this way. And so that's that's the ha- that's how I kind of understood. So once you could understand that, okay, I'm reacting a certain way because of how I'm thinking or how I'm feeling. Then you can dissect that. So I know I'm overly stressed. I know that I'm feeling a certain way. Okay, I've identified that. Now, what is that causing me to think about? When I'm stressed, what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about how I don't want to do any in work. I did. I, did, I bleeped out my own swear just in case. I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think if you listen to me, you know that you can say whatever the fuck you want on here. It's all good. Oh, so, perfect. Okay. Yeah. So I know I know how it feels, and so I once I identify. So you have the goal. I know I'm going all over the place. I'll, I'll break it down, but you have the goal. You identify the actions. That's when this internal fear play, comes into play. You start rationalizing results. I feel stressed. I feel tired. I'm overwhelmed. I'm in a bad mood. It's okay. I, I, I can take today off. No big deal. Those are all internal monologues that create a negative cycle. And when I say negative, I don't necessarily mean you're depressed or whatever. I mean negative in the terms of, those thoughts are going to create actions that don't get you to the goal that you've set out. Because if I allow those thoughts of I'm too tired, I'm too stressed, whatever, to take action or to take full, the action required is sit on the couch, do nothing. For mm-hmm. you, it was don't post in the gym. It's not worth it. There's a stupid start over, do something else. And so that's negative towards your goal. So once you can identify what you're thinking and maybe why you're thinking, which by the way, if you don't know how, that's kind of why you you talk to Coach Carl in the first place is to kind of figure that out, is once you can identify that, then okay, what's the opposite of what I have to do? Or what is something I can do to change my either my physical or mental state? So for example, you, I mean, you kind of walked backwards into it where you open an email and something and something inspirational kind of changed yeah. your state for me it's okay you know maybe i need to listen to a, a five minute youtube video uh, from les brown the you know the most famous okay. motivational speaker on the planet yeah. he gets me going every time or tony robbins <laughs> or something just to get me going out of mindset or maybe it's i have to create something or maybe i have to do just I, I do the 10 minute method it's something i do basically i give myself 10 minutes and i don't care how mad i am however it is give myself 10 minutes on my laptop doing something for my business. And the next thing you know, an hour and a half goes by. I'm like, wow, I feel so much better. I did that. I did X, Y, and Z. And I just gave myself 10 minutes when I didn't want to do it. So those are some things I would recommend. But so once you identify those negative thoughts, how your body physically reacts to it, then you can say, okay, I'm reacting a certain way. How can I not do this? How can I not think this way? What is something I can do to, or I guess in a non-negative sense, what can I, what can I do to change this in my body? And then again, the idea is attempt to do it. 
all easier said than done. Of yeah. course, there's going to be times <laughs> where you don't do it. But that's that's a very simplistic method of identify what you want to do, identify the actions, identify what you're thinking when you're trying to do it. What are the doubts that you're having? Identify those actions that come from that. And then how do you reverse that trend and start thinking it through? The more self-aware you are, the more likely you are to move forward towards your goal because you're going to be aware of what sets you back. I know stress and long days at work, working 10 hours a day and people not listening to me at work just drives me up a wall and I get ex- <laughs> physically physically drained and exhausted. But I know if I give myself 10 minutes, I've learned it over the time just to do something else not related i tend to feel a lot better and then i start moving forward then i don't cancel the podcast interview then i feel better then i start creating content then all this all this different stuff so i think i answered most of the questions i want to make sure i hit everything uh, no you 100 percent didn't i've got it i'm gonna in case i forget um we're gonna get back to the whole self-awareness thing but i just want to um speak to the whole 10 minute method because what happened for me is it was around noon my time and the call with my buddy was at one so i had an hour and then at three o'clock, my time was this podcast. So at noon, I'm like, okay, well, if I cancel on Scott right now, that's three hours, kind of a dick move, but it's not an hour beforehand, whatever. And my <laughs> other, my, my other buddy, I'll, you know what? I can easily just t- text him up and say, listen, I don't feel like fucking talking right now. So we're not going to, he'd be like, all right, that's cool. Um, <clears throat> but for me, I didn't realize that at least I'm not naming it the 10 minute method, but that's essentially what I did because whenever I don't feel like working, so say for example, I knew I had to get this poster done so I can just get it off my mind, get it out there. And I can actually text it to a lot of the guys that I want to uh, invite to it. So whenever I don't feel like working, I put on one of the oceans movies in the background. So uh, I'll put on ocean because it just, it makes me feel like I'm not working because there's something distracting me in the background, but I'm still working. So I went on the couch. I'm like, okay, just put on oceans 11 for a little bit and start working on the poster. Sure enough, like you mentioned an hour and a half later, the poster's done and I've got it sent out to like seven other guys that I haven't invited yet. And it's like, I feel way better just because I started that whole 10 minute method thing. Like it was just like sit down, have a nice little level one. So it's super beneficial for everybody to be aware of what their 10 minute methods could be. So that's something I would challenge anybody listening to this right now saying, Hey, what is your 10 minute method? But we got to back up because most people I mentioned this to will agree that the first step in any change will always be awareness. And you talked about the self-awareness. And as you were going on explaining all those steps that we need to do, it was very, very clear that you are very self-aware with what your thoughts are, with how your body reacts, how your body is actually just living out your thoughts. And that's how it's designed to do. Like your thoughts are given. I love the way that you kind of put it because the way I'm interpreting it is your body, your thoughts are giving your body commands on what it should do. And then your body is just going on autopilot and saying, okay, well, you want to avoid this. Here's what you can do. Perfect example. Yesterday I'm doing the poster. I spent like 20 minutes looking up the best way to get people to take action on a poster when really all I had to do was put fucking register here. Like I spent like 20 minutes on it because in my mind, the story was playing that I don't want to put this poster up. So your body's like, okay, go on Google and search for a bunch of shit. You don't even need to know distract so yeah exactly so i'm curious what is step number one in your opinion for a man to start developing more self-awareness of those things that is holding him back and distracting him 
Ooh, well, first, the one thing I want to unpack is, and I completely disagree, is Ocean's 13 is way better than Ocean's 11. So I would, I would, put, I would put that on in the background. I okay, mean, that's, so no, that's I do. I do. I usually go between 11 and 13. 12 gets played the least. Yes. Um, but 11 is just the OG one. So it I, is, it is, I love it. it but I, I, I don't know if I fully agree, but 13 is good. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering where you were going to go that. I totally disagree. I'm like, shit, I just put out some good stuff. Anyways. No, no. You put out phenomenal stuff. Okay, and... I could agree with that, though. Ocean's <laughs> 13 is, is amazing. But anyways, okay, uh, go ahead. So, you know, look, I think so. Presumably, the advice I give right here, the, the, my thoughts on this, and you know, who knows? Other people have different advice. So I would say off the top of my head, the, the, the first step, assuming, okay, that they want to do something, assuming you already have a goal in mind, because yep. that's kind of an assumption and underlying, because the first step is to make a goal, right? What's your goal? What's your passion? Right. I would say the first step is to identify your reason why. Okay. And, and here's why I would do that. Here's why I would do that. No pun intended is the reason why the reason why is inherently the internal support structure that you're creating for yourself. So for example, I'm going to use weight loss as the example. Most people have a goal. I want to lose 20 pounds, whatever the goal is. And after two weeks, cause everyone can be motivated for two weeks to do something, you know, okay. But then, then the motivation wears off. The fear starts to come in. This, the rationalization comes in, whatever starts to come in after about two weeks. Cause you're like, okay, like, what do I do? You become squimish. So whatever that the, the reason why is what's going to keep you going when it's five in the morning, there's no sun, it's freezing cold, it's snowing, there's ice in your car, you got to warm it up, you didn't sleep because your kids woke you up the night before and you got to cook dinner tonight with a 12-hour work. Like your reason why is an internal emotional response. And so what I have everyone do is create a why list. That's the first step in my opinion. Once you have your goal, once you figure out what you want to do and you kind of feel what's happening, your why list. So you list as many reasons that you need to do this as possible, whether it's health, business, aesthetic, whatever. Right. Why are you doing this poster and list out all the reasons? And, and I'm not talking like the micro reasons for this one event, like macro and why? Because five years from now, I'll be X, Y, and Z. Like there's 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 reasons for everything you're doing and you know why you're doing it. So why? And I list out as many as I possibly can, and I become emotionally charged with those reasons why. So when I get those self-doubts, when I get, you know, th those issues of long days, I'm stressed, I don't want to do something, I, I, I'm not holding myself to the standards, I can look visually, like we talked about before, at my list of reasons why, and I can be, I can, I can flip the switch of negative to positive because I go, oh my gosh, that's why I'm waking up at five in the morning because I don't want to have diabetes like my dad did, and I, you know, and, mm. you know, some family story out there or because X, Y, and Z. And so when you become, when you create your lie list to become emotionally attached, I would say that is the number. That's the first step is understand why you're doing it. Number one, that creates awareness, right? You create that self-awareness without even knowing, like you might not know why, and you got to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Like why? Now, some people might say you have to meditate on it and do all this other stuff. That's great. I, I agree with all that. But I think the fir very first step is write down as many reasons why you're doing it. And if you can't come up with more than five, probably not a good idea. You probably won't do it long-term and mm -hmm. it's probably a flavor of the week type of deal. Like most new year's resolutioners or whatever it might yeah. be is they don't have that strong. Why? Cause that's what gets you through the negatives. That's what keeps you going long-term. It builds your foundation to your success and your consistency. Okay. That's interesting because for certain things, I've definitely written down some very powerful whys 
but I don't think I've ever gone and made just like a ridiculous list of them. And the I'm going to do that now because I'm realizing that, say, for example, putting up the poster, like one of the reasons I am doing that for sure is because I realize that there are a lot of brothers out there suffering in silence. No question. And I just want to help like that one that is like, holy cow. Okay. So Carl was at this point in his life. He understands where I'm coming from. I'm not the only one who feels like this. Maybe I can get something from that. So it's to, it's essentially just to let that dude know he's not alone. So that's one of the reasons, but I definitely need to come up with more and more and more reasons as to why that way, the reasons I have as to why outweigh the reasons that I have as to why not. So I'm definitely going to be doing that. Um, speaking of why I'm going to toss something up here for your podcast, why mindset motion and momentum? Okay. Why, so those, why it, those three? It's an alliteration. That's I know. No. Uh, well, yeah, that goes without saying alliteration. You absolutely have to do that. No. But I'm uh, curious why those three things. So, uh, because it's the, ste- it's the steps I use when I coach my own clients and this is the steps I use in my life. Mindset is the very first thing you should focus on. When anything, most people in almost in almost any field and behavior change, they focus on external factors in order to achieve success. And real and so people, what's the hardest part about your fitness journey? Oh, it's waking up early. Oh, it's cooking my meals. Oh, it's doing this. You go, you realize everything that you mentioned, including injury stuff like that. That's all mindset related uh, mm-hmm. in some in some in some fashion. So when you control your mindset, when you have a deeper understanding of what you're doing, why you're doing it. And how you feel about it, you are more likely to succeed long uh, in the long term. The second part is motion. It's great to have a goal, but a goal means nothing unless you move, unless you take action <laughs> towards that. Unless you take action, I shouldn't say towards. Unless you take action, so start moving. Get up. Start doing something. Get on the computer. Start word vomiting. Whatever it is that you're doing, wake up early. Whatever it is, you have to actually take the action for the goal. That's the motion part. The momentum part. It's kind of a mix. One, it's the, um, and maybe it's more of an end of motion, beginning of momentum, but the idea is not only do you have to move, you have to move in the right way. So maybe I'll put under motion, move in the right way. So just moving itself doesn't do anything, but mm-hmm. moving congruently with actions that help you towards your goal. So it's moving and then moving congruently with what you want to do. You need both steps in the motion, in the motion part. And then momentum is small baby steps, building that energy, building up win after win, after win, after win, because one win leads to two, two leads to four, four leads to eight, eight leads. And you keep building. It's almost compounding interest. The more you keep Mm -hmm. winning, the better you're going to feel, the more instant gratification you can kind of have with what you're doing. And then you're going to feel a lot better. Then you can look back a month from now and go, Oh my gosh, look at all those things I did where I was to where I'm, to where I'm at now. And I can see that. That's why it's mindset, motion, momentum in that order. Um, And that's why it's those three, just because I think that is the order you need to achieve in and do it and to achieve results long-term. Beautiful. And I, I agree with the mindset being the first and foremost for sure, because everything starts there. I'm curious, what do you think stops people from gaining the momentum that they need in order to actually get to whatever their next yard marker is? I'm not going to say final destination because as soon as you get there, you want something else, right? So what is it that keeps people from building the momentum that they need to build to get to where they want to go? There's so, so I would, I would say this could be like, not necessarily, I'm not sure there's a standard, uh, to, and it also depends on maybe the industry okay. that you're in. Okay. Let but me do, rephrase yeah. this. Let me rephrase this. 
Think of something that's been important for you to achieve. A time when maybe you lost momentum and then regained it. How were you able to regain the momentum that you needed to keep going in the direction? And what was that circumstance? I would say for the most part, any time that I've lost the momentum to do what a goal I specifically had, it's because of A, I lost sight of what I was trying to do. Or B, my perception of what should have happened was different than reality now and that makes my perception basically wrong right i had the wrong perception going into mm-hmm. it i think you could boil both of those back down to not having a strong enough foundation of your mindset i think that if you're not hitting momentum if you're not getting the, through those barriers then for the most part either a you haven't built a solid foundation of the, of the mindset and you're perceiving things the way you should probably might not want to be perceiving them or b you're not taking action at all. You just, you have the go, you're in the goal phase and you have all these great ideas, but you just keep reading books. You just keep online YouTube. You just keep <laughs> not taking action. And so you're not seeing results. So I think it's either one. So if you can't keep building momentum or you stop building momentum, it's because step one or step two isn't working or you're, you're not doing it the way you should be doing it inherently. And again, that's easy to say from an armchair, but that would be, a general answer to that question is either you're not built, you're built on a house of cards or you're just not taking action. You're just, you know, I got to read every book out there. It's like, well, no, read the book and then apply the knowledge and take action on the knowledge that you learn. Or if something didn't work the way you thought it was going to, why did you think that was going to work that way? For example, very specific example, people tell me 90% of the time, I want to lose 40 pounds. Okay. Why? Well, I want to look good. I go, okay. So you've, concluded your perception is if I lose 40 pounds, I'm going to look a certain way like X. But the issue is that's not true. And I have to teach them that that's not true. Weight loss and aesthetics don't actually go hand in hand. There's a correlation, but there's not a ca- necessarily a causation there. So I have to teach them what they're actually looking for and to stop caring about the scale and go for, you know, building all those other things for, for fitness. And so, but their perceptions off. So when they lose 10 pounds, like I don't feel any better. I don't fit this. I don't, their perceptions off. And then they stop taking action yep. and they lose all the momentum until we can regain kind of what are, you know, a proper perception. So that's kind of a, a specific example for you. <laughs> I I absolutely love that example. And the reason I say that is because that's something that I do with my personal training clients as well, right? Like just don't worry about weight loss. Don't worry about the scale weight because I've been guilty with that too. Like I used to think, hey, if I get up to 100, like right now I'm walking around. Actually today I weighed myself as 145 because I'm in what? I'm, in, I'm in a build phase right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm- How tall are you? Five two. No, I'm five. I'm five nine. I'm five. I was like, dude, you're five, five nine, nine and one forty five. You are ripped. Yeah. Take, dude, uh, everyone, take your shirt off. Got to show the muscle. Oh my god. No, no actually, dude, It's funny that you mentioned that because, oh man, my nutrition coach. Shout out to Philip Pape. Oh man, fuck. Oh, I love Philip. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I've been working with him, and so I'm in my build phase right now. So two weeks ago, I was. Uh, just over 140. So we put on about five pounds, 4.6 of that is muscle. So it's all good. Um, but today, to, this is week three, and this is the first week that the the muscle mass didn't go up. It actually went down 0.6 pounds. So it's interesting because one of the things, A, I'm not taking off my shirt because the six pack isn't nearly as visible as it was before. So I, that's one of the reasons why I kept, okay, this is going perfect because you talked about the whole perception, like what did you expect? Mm -hmm. So I've tried to 
tried is a very loose word, very loose word for me here. I've tried so many times to gain weight and put on weight. And when in reality, as soon as I started gaining weight, and obviously there's a little bit of fat there that's going to come as well, my six pack would go away. Like I just wouldn't be able to see it. I'm like, well, screw this. Like I'm going back to where I where I wanted yeah. to go because I felt better about seeing the six pack, right? Um, but it's interesting how obviously my perception during those phases and those periods of time just wasn't what it needed to be in terms of the expectations of what's going to have to happen in order for me to get to a certain point. But there's two different places this one goes. So descent or yeah, 2020 is when I made a radical transformation in my body. Um like six pack went from not being visible to, to totally ripped and, and nice and jacked, whatever. And I actually dropped two pounds and my body fat only had to, I thought I was going to have to be 165 pounds with a body fat percentage less than eight. I was 150, excuse me, 151. And my body fat percentage was 12. And I was still like, I looked exactly the way that I wanted. So to your point, a lot of people have these numbers in their head, but those numbers are just, it's, it's like throwing a dart out the window. Yeah. It's, it's just, there's, there's no rhyme or reason to it at all. Um, but what was the other thing I was going to get to? Ah, whatever. It's not important. I'm going to get back to a question I wanted to ask you. Um, so I, I kind of want to pull a hard, oh no, I will say this because I have to harp on it. The whole thing about what people want to, uh, experience when they're for, like, say they want to lose 40 pounds. Okay. Well, one of the things I was doing with my clients, okay, well, you want to lose 40 pounds. Okay. Well, what are four things four facts that you believe are going to be true for you when you get there and making sure that they list the facts because chances are, if you focus on the facts instead of the weight, you're going to get there. Right. So super important, but we could go on forever in a day about people and their mis expectations, including me and misperceptions, but we have to get into that butterfly effect thing that I talked about right at the beginning. And I'm wondering if you remember and know what I'm talking about. Toxic masculinity, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, exactly. So please tell me your definition of toxic masculinity. And before you do, I just want everybody to know the whole reason I switched inspired by impact to being specifically for men was because of a conversation that Scott and I had and his new definition of toxic masculinity. So this completely changed the direction of not just the podcast, but literally my entire life because this podcast is, and everything after this, the Brotherhood Bootcamp, the Inspired or Ignite the Impact Journal, which is now the uh, Brotherhood Bootcamp Training Manual. I've got some new ones coming March 4th. It all stemmed from what you're about to share. So no pressure. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I hope I, I hope I get it. I hope I get it you right. Know, That's a lot of what? pressure. It, it, it doesn't matter if it's exactly how it was, because I know, you know what I'm talking about. So yes. whatever it means for you right now, go ahead, man. Cause this, yeah. So I think to start, you need to identify what everyone knows. The current definition of toxic masculinity is kind of this, you know, this tough grizzly, looking non-shade you know just you're a terrible person you're too angry to all this stuff but in the reality is that that is such a minority of people and i mm-hmm. think that a true thing that we've seen in, in stemming from decades ago is really this idea that men can't have emotions can't have feelings can't cry can't ask for help and all of those things 
or what true toxic masculinity is because that's what really hinders what a true man could be. And a true man should be someone who's strong, someone who's supportive, someone who's caring, have feelings, be able to emotionally connect with people. But we are trained from a young age that no, 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 you're a guy, you can't do this, or, you know, this is this, and, you know, no crying, no nothing when you're a kid. Now, maybe not so much anymore, but there are tens or hundreds of thousands of men who do feel this way on a regular basis. Or if you're at the gym, you got to lift heavy weights because of this, why it's like, you can't do yoga because you're a guy and all this different (laughs) stuff. There's this weird toxic trait of, if you're a guy, you have to do it this way. And that's how you develop. And I think that's the true toxic masculinity, which is really stopping men from achieving their full potential uh, inherently. Like, I think I got it pretty much accurate right there. Yeah. Yeah. You no, you, you said everything and you added a bunch of stuff, which is beautiful because, (laughs) um, like the whole yoga thing, for example, like I remember because where I used to work, the gym I used to work out of was a yoga studio. Like they were, it was called yoga public and they were known for yoga. They just happened to have an amazing TRX room and an amazing personal training studio. Like it was just the best in the city for sure. And even this yoga studio was the best in the city. But when I first started there, it was like 2016. Yoga would be like 99% women oh, and yes. and maybe a couple guys in there. And then as the years progressed, guys started going in there more and more. But I remember even in 2022, before we shut down, I got a call uh, from us, from a woman who was wanting to come and she wanted to bring her boyfriend. And she's like, by the way, I want to bring my boyfriend and he wants to know are there other guys in the class? <laughs> and, and that was kind of, that was I my response that. internally because I was like, yeah, of course there's guys that do yoga. But at the same time, I realize I'm working in a yoga studio. So I probably have a different perspective because mm-hmm. I've seen yeah. guys come and do this. Whereas guys, your typical man would probably look at yoga and be like, uh, no, that's a little dandy. I'm not going to do that. Why? It's I mean, yoga is phenomenal. And by the way, for people yeah. who like rolled their eyes when I said that, I want you to really think if you saw a guy sitting in a group room by himself, listening to meditation music or just practicing some real yoga move by himself, versus a girl doing it what what do you think your reaction would be and for the most part for the most part it's like what are you doing and if it was a girl it's like oh cool she's doing yoga so Mm -hmm. i i just and if you don't think that way that i would i would i would challenge you to look beyond your perspective or your anecdotal experiences which which are very valid but i in the widespread of working in a facility and working with people on a regular basis, I see it a lot. It, it's crazy. And so just, but, but why is it like that? Why, why do we feel that way? It's like, oh, there are any guys in this class besides me? Cause it's like, what happens? Yeah. And th- that is a huge sign to what I really unpacked the first time we had this conversation, the way that I, what I took most from that was that toxic masculinity has very little to do with how we express ourselves externally to the world and how people see us and all the stuff that's going on inside that we are doing to ourselves. Mm. Like we are toxic to ourselves. Perfect example. Like me, I am getting, I need to stop watching shit on YouTube, but um, <laughs> YouTube's I'm great getting, though. YouTube's great. It, it is great, but I, I need to make sure that, I'm not going down rabbit holes like sometimes I do where the huge thing that I'm seeing right now is girls taking videos themselves at the gym and then posting these creepy guys on there, right? That oh. happened to glance at them, whatever. Like it, it's, 
it's insane. And I was listening to an episode of Modern Wisdom today, um, and they were talking about how, like, from the like going from generation to generation, kids are having and men are having less and less sex. Like Chris Williamson said, based on the stats, he's pretty certain he could look out. He could be walking down the street, see a man, and there's 50-50 chance he hasn't had sex in the last year. And one of the reasons that is, is because we're so afraid to approach women because we don't want to be viewed as a creep and we don't want this. And we just, but really when you think about it, those are kind of just symptoms of an underlying problem. Yes. Because if I'm a man and I have a level of confidence in myself and I'm just, I I know how to respectfully speak to somebody, the opposite sex. I know how to read uh, physiological cues on whether or not she would be interested in me approaching her, which of course I haven't done in years because I'm with Jenny Lee right now. But um, regardless, men just are very, we're lacking confidence, not just when it comes to approaching women, but I, actually this, I'm really glad I went down this, this road because we lack confidence even with approaching our partners. And I know this, I know I'm not alone here. Like one of the things that I struggle with every single week, that is, this is, this is probably the hardest workout that I ever have to manage on a weekly basis is intimacy, intimacy with Jenny Lee. Like we've been together for nine years and every single week I can hear that voice in the back of my head saying, Carl, like just no not tonight you know what put it off until then and just you feel anxious about this so maybe you shouldn't do it tonight and whatever and it's just it used to talk me out of taking action and being intimate with jenny lee all the time until i learned strategies and everything that worked for me in order to get me over that but so many of the guys that i've connected with when we finally open up and get vulnerable you realize that intimacy and a lack thereof is unbelievably common in even long-term committed relationships. And I really believe that it's a result of a lack of confidence that men have because of that internal toxic masculinity that they have. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on men, their level of self-confidence with regards to intimacy, even with the partners that they have, let alone other women. Yeah, I think you hit two major points there. Uh, and, and the question is, you know, why and how do you reverse it or whatever it might be? Because over the course of what decades, you know, it, I saw the same numbers that you saw, like people are having way less sex, um, you know, whatever, even even in relationships, they're having way yep. less sex. So yep. uh, not necessarily a premarital thing, but just a, you know, a relationship thing. It's just people are having less sex, which is crazy to think because we are literally a more sexualized culture than we've ever been in the history of the yep. planet ever, bar none. Yeah. Uh, I think you you hit a really great point. If people haven't heard about this yet, and it might be, it doesn't really matter what side you're on, but yeah, a bunch of people are posting pictures of guys glancing. It's like, it's like okay, so that's number one, right? No one wants to be put on fit, you know, on, on YouTube because they glance at someone at the gym when in reality all they did was a glance. Like that, that people's eyes wander. People's eyes naturally wander to movement. You are squatting. You are moving. I glanced at that. It wasn't, it didn't, it doesn't mean I was doing anything negative. It's a gym. There's so many times I just glanced. Oh, I just see things. And I, I actually learned that in like seventh grade in, in my drama class that your eyes will always move towards movement, regardless of what you know or think, because that's just huh. how the brain operates. And I was like, oh, and we were giving debates and stuff like that. So, but the point is like, 
I think that number one, being put on show and being, I don't, I don't want to use the word canceled because that's very polarizing, but basically yeah. afraid of losing your job, afraid of being canceled, afraid of people not liking you, which is very tribal to men internally, right. we're very tribal in nature. We want to have our little group. Like you ever walked down the street with your friends, you see a whole other group of guys, you're all judging each other. You're all saying certain <laughs> things like, oh, because they're different yeah. until, until the second you talk to them. The second you talk to them, yeah. you hey, what's up? What's going on? But if you don't know them, they're a different tribe. It's dangerous, all this different stuff. And I'm, again, I'm yeah. not the expert here. You're, you're a better expert than I am. But I think that confidence goes to one internal conflict of I don't want to be cast out of the abyss because of something I may or may not have done uh, to, you know, going up to a girl. It can be difficult. Because what if, what if there's an issue? What if she doesn't like me? What if this, what if this? And we're not allowed to show those emotions, right? We can't show fear. We can't show ourselves because mm -hmm. if we do, we think they're going to reject us. So I think all of that kind of boils down to this weird place that we're in where we can no longer go up to people as frequently as we do. Cause some of you are like, I do it all the time, which is great. But as a society, statistically, it's going way, way down mm -hmm. because of those things. Number one, the fear of being left out because of be being posted or being shamed online because you're like you're wearing things at the gym that are gonna get guys to look biologically and i'm not i'm not talking to you i'm doing my own thing i'm just kind of doing my own thing and you're out there uh again some of you might see the videos some some people nothing is also nothing's ever all or nothing some guys are probably wrong and some girls are probably wrong in this situation so i'm not gonna get into all that but the idea <laughs> is that fear alone is enough to be like oh okay and now i can't show the emotion of it. i can't talk about it if i talk about it i'm weak and I, and I, and I, you know, if I'm weak, no one's going to like me. So I'm going to keep it to myself. I'm going to bury it. And then eventually if you find someone lucky, you know, you're lucky enough to be with someone and that might come to the surface. Oh, well I got here by not being emotionally available. So maybe I, I should continue this and keep my barriers up. And that's difficult as well. Cause now you're with a committed partner and you're not showing all the emotions you want to show. Cause you're afraid of what they're going to think of you. So I think it all kind of you know, there's so many factors. So it's hard for me as someone who's not necessarily the expert on the topic to kind of pinpoint, but I think those are very, those are items to dissect and look at and figure out why is it causing this or why are we doing this and how do we reverse that trend would be kind of my general thoughts on it. I, I love that because you're going back to something that you said right at the very beginning when we were talking about, um, not like if you have this idea of wanting to get on the couch and not do your podcast or anything like that, like first step is figuring, okay, why am I doing this and how do I do the opposite? Right. So thinking about that, but <laughs> two things, I don't think, I don't know if we'll go too long on this. Maybe not, but I'm, I just want to say this in defense to all the men who are listening right now who go to the gym and see these women. And I just, I didn't know this. So a couple weeks ago, I, I see this girl at the gym and I even told Jenny Lee this. I was like, I saw this girl at the gym and she had the most unbelievable ass I have ever seen. Like it was, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Like it was just, and of course she's doing the fucking hip thrusters that everybody does now. And just, it was, an, it was annoying, but beautiful at the same time. But I didn't realize like one of the reasons that her ass looked so good was because clothing. the clothing, the clo but like they, they, you, okay. So it's one thing to have clothing. It's one thing to get that clothing so far inside you. So you, you know, you don't have an ass anymore. You have two massive cheeks, like two massive cheeks. It's insane. And I didn't realize I'm like, 
how do they make yoga pants or workout pants like that? And then I re I, I, I saw a video that girls actually go and they yank that yank it up. They, they yank it up to make it go like that. So here's the thing. And if any women are listening to this, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But here is what I'm going to say on a man's defense. I don't give a shit what it is that we're looking at. It, if, if it is unique, we will look. I was thinking, for example, today, I went to Costco and I went grocery shopping. It is freezing here. Like, it's like minus 30 Fahrenheit here right now. Like, it's, where, do you, it, where, do you, where do you live, by the Winnipeg, way? Winnipeg, Winnipeg. Oh, that's right. That's so right. It, it, oh. it's stupid cold. Like, it's really cold here. And so if I went to Costco, where obviously everybody's went wearing winter clothes, but I had on flip-flops, shorts, and a tank top, you better believe a lot of people would be looking at me. Not because I'm fit or anything, but because I'm standing out. It's unordinary. Like, it's just different. If I see a Ferrari go down the street in Winnipeg, which we don't have a lot of, I am going to look. If I see a seven-foot-tall individual, man or woman, guess what? That person is going to be getting a lot of glances because they stand out. If a woman has a relatively fit and big ass and she has gone and made an effort to make it look even bigger by cramming her tights up her ass, then that is out of the ordinary. And we are going to look. That's just that. And I'm not even going to get into like the reptilian brain of the man or anything oh, like that. Yeah. But I just, I want to put that out there for men to know that, listen, I understand you. It doesn't give us permission to stare at all. That's not why she's doing that. She's not doing it to get us to stare. At least I don't think most women are. But I want women to hear this. My guess is you wear clothes that you believe you look good in because it makes you feel good. And if you're going to wear something that you look good in, guess what? We're going to think you look good too. And we like looking at things that look good. That's all I'm going to say on that. We don't have to harp on that too much. If you have anything to add, please do. But I just, I really feel like I need to say that so that guys know that you're not being a creep by looking at something that is out of the ordinary, no matter what it is, no matter what it is. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And also just uh, to, I don't even want to go off the topic, but basically if you're a guy listening to this, I wouldn't be afraid of this kind of stuff either. I, you know, you, what, you've seen 15 videos, millions of people go to the gym every single day. This doesn't normally happen. And some people just put it out there for clicks. They don't even get the clicks. So exactly. I, it's such a, it's like, why are you making a mountain out of a molehill? And truly, if you had an issue with someone, you don't shame them online. You talk to them in person. You tell them at the gym, Hey, could you stop doing that? Versus like, Oh, look at this. It's like, no, 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 no. And so I agree with you. I just think that it's, it's definitely far and few between, but it's becoming more popular for sure. But yeah. I wouldn't be worried. I wouldn't let that stop you from going to the gym. For sure. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's interesting because and then I'll get off of this on that. I'm <laughs> I I say I need to stop watching that stuff because I've become more self-conscious of myself at the gym. Like I will go out of my way to make sure that a girl knows I am not looking at her. Like even if I have to do something in a very odd fashion, so it's brutally obvious there's no way I could possibly see her. I've even started doing that. So you can see. That takes us right back to fucking toxic masculinity. Now I'm totally, what's what what is the word toxicifying? What would be the word? I, I'm I'm creating toxicity inside of myself by myself over my perception of the world. So this leads us to a perfect question: 
how do we men start detoxifying ourselves from the inside out? You know, uh, I think we'll, we'll need to add a couple, you know, neuroscientists and psychologists and get a, a few more, a few more perceptions out here. Probably, but, I think, but, but we're, I think, we're too smart guys. We can figure this out. <laughs> we can figure this out. I think one of the ways at least that you could start the process of kind of this detoxification uh, of ourselves is, again, I think it goes back to self-awareness and it really dials all the way back in there is allowing yourself first off someone what do you so when you when you want to have these emotions what do you feel when you want to have these emotions what's stopping you from having these emotions and then basically find a way and maybe however you know your way of doing it is allow yourself to do things that you want to do without you know with, with at least pushing let's assume you have fear of judgment push through it like pushing through it because it's not going to be easy right away so if you're someone who goes you know what i want to go to yoga, but I'm, and you, you put it off for three years, put that on your list and go and do it. Push past all your fear. Cause the fear of it is significantly worse than actually doing it. Cause guess what? At the end of the day, 90% of people don't care about your problems or what you do. Yeah. And in 10% are glad you have them. Right. So or it's maybe, it might be, <laughs> it might be, it might be vice versa, but the point is like, no one's actually caring if you're going to yoga or if you're meditating you're like i started meditating i used to think meditation was woo woo i used to think that as like oh girls do this great they've all but i got into it i love it and i meditate unapologetically but it took me a while i did it on my own did it in secret didn't tell my roommate i was doing it i was just kind of five minutes yeah. here and there until eventually i was like yeah i meditate yeah, i'll be back i'm gonna meditate for 20 minutes and yeah you get the you get the oh you meditate I'm like yes i do and the second you embrace it people go oh it's kind of like I love this example. This was given to me actually recently by someone. Um, when people and kids are bullied at school, which by the way is terrible, obviously, yeah. but the kids are bullied. One of the best things you can teach someone when they're bullied is laugh it off. Do not defend yourself. Laugh it off. Do not rationalize it. If you can joke around with that person, that's gonna it's gonna take all of their power yep. away. So the the person who actually is doing old school toxic masculinity to you so that you have new form toxic masculinity if you can just laugh it off oh you're a little kid you're a dweeb it's like yeah i am ha, ha, ha. You, you laugh it off it takes it out so if you can laugh off or at least you know basically push through that kind of stuff whereas oh i'm afraid of what they think okay find out find out what they think right do it see what happens because guess what i bet you in your mind your perception of reality of what someone else thinks is completely different than what's actually going to happen and by the way if someone does judge you for something that you want to do that you feel like you should do you may not want to have them in your life anymore you may say you know what if you can't if you're not gonna like me because of X, Y, and Z, then maybe we shouldn't be friends. I have a I have a buddy, and we joke around all the time, and he'll come at me, and we're very good friends, so we, we can do this to each other, but he'll come at me, and I will and I will encourage the joke. I will even make jokes about myself, and he's just disarmed. He's like, I hate that you never <laughs> – he, he told me, I hate that you never take the joke seriously, and it annoys the crap out of me. go, that's because I know it annoys the crap out of you, and I know I take all your power away when I just – Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like this. Oh, Scott's always hurt. Cause he's, he's the personal trainer. Oh, I know. Right. I'm like, I'll, I'll show him a picture of like, I'm, I've been hurt the last five years with different injuries, whether it's shoulder, knee, rib cage back. I, I've just been very unfortunate to get injuries. And so he'll mm -hmm. make fun of me for that. So I'll send him a picture of Skeletor or, 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 or breaking bones and just, and he'll be like, stop, <laughs> stop embracing the stuff I want to make fun of you for. I'm like, no, cause I know it's okay. I know I'm okay with it. So in, in their perspective, 
be okay with what you want to do. If you want to do something and you're afraid and you identify that you're afraid of doing it because of how you feel or how you're perceived or how you perceived you're going to be perceived. I know it's a little tongue twister there. Push through, do it and embrace it and be that person. I think that is the starting point of doing it. Now, are you going to always be able to do it? No, there's going to be days where you don't succeed. There's going to be days where you just choose, you know what? I'm not doing it today. Great. But if you do it once, right, in the next month, that's more than you've done in the last five years. You can build on that motion, create momentum, and start building off that. You don't have to do it every time. It doesn't have to be this daily thing you do. But I think starting out, push through it just one time. Sign up for a class with your wife. Sign up for something with your mm-hmm. partner, whatever it might be. Do it alone. Ask a friend. Put it out there in a the chat. Do it. And you'll. I think you'll be surprised at the results you'll get because I think that our perceptions of what people will think of us are way worse in our heads than they are in real life. So I think the first thing someone could do is to just identify what it is, how you feel, and then do whatever you have to do to push through that um, and, and, and embody that moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I, I love so much that you said there because a couple of them really hit home. I want to get back to whole pushing through things. So if I get lost on my long story long here, make sure you bring me back to the whole pushing through but I got a perfect example of making humor out of something. So three of my closest friends, I've got my buddy G spot, um, <laughs> G Mac and uh, magic Mike. Okay. So those three guys now G spot, his name's Greg, him and I have been friends for over a couple of decades now. And I oh. don't know why, but he knows my buttons better than anybody. Like somebody can say something to make a joke about me. And I kind of laugh about it when he does it, it stings and I get pissed. And so he's like, he's like a sharpshooter with my emotions. It's, Oh, it's so annoying. But the four of us get together pretty often. And I noticed that as soon as I started jumping on the jokes, Like when he would make a joke about me, I would then joke about myself and compound that joke and make fun of it. All of a sudden I wasn't pissed. Like it was, it was super, like it's, he comes up with some really good stuff and stuff that you would not say when other people are around for sure. Um, But it used to hurt a lot until I started making fun of it. And then that reminds me of one of our, one of the other four guys, Mike, he is 100% the butt of most of our jokes. Like we, 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 yeah, we, we tackle on him like crazy, but then he makes a joke about it all the time. And it's so frustrating because we're trying to get a rile out of him. We're trying to make fun of him, but he just, it doesn't bug him. And it's so annoying, but it's, he's such a good sport about it. He's such a good sport about it. So yes, Adding humor to those things, if you can figure out a way to do that and not take shit so personally all the time, that definitely works. Now, I remembered getting to the pushing through thing. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do and tell other people to do. It's like, okay, I got to be more consistent with my podcast. Okay, well, you know what? Today, I got to figure out I'll go to James Clear and read Atomic Habits and figure out how I can set up my environment and figure out how to make this attractive and just sort out my system and everything. Yes, that stuff is incredibly valuable. But at some point in time, you just have to fucking do it. Like you just 
have to push through whatever it is that you're afraid to push through. And I think that's one thing that gets so swept under the rug is this idea that, you know what, sometimes you're just going to have to tough it out. You're just going to, because one of the things I always tell, like, say, for example, in, in classes, if I'm getting people to do box jumps, because box jumps are one of those things that when the box gets to a certain height, people freak out like crazy. So I always tell them, listen, you only have to do something once to know you, you can do it again. You only have to do something once to know you can do it again. You need a reference point, but at some point you just have to push. So, uh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it, everyone, I think everyone has that story. And I think that, for example, like, I mean, when I first started podcasting three and ish years ago on the very first, not, not what I have now, but my very first podcast, mm-hmm. I did 40 episodes and deleted them all. Didn't deleted a, them all. Didn't post a single one because I wow. could not get <laughs> over this, this fear, this massive fear of being judged you know, mentally, my perception was if people don't like this, they're going to judge it. They're going to hate it. They're not going to like this, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I had to get over it. And I, I in t- episode 41 was like, oh my God, like I have recorded so much content. No one's ever going to hear. I might not be the best at this, but I need to just do it. And I just press send. I'm like, okay. And then I was like, you know, and then I was like, oh my gosh, that wasn't so bad. And then you realize you can keep going further. You can keep pushing mm-hmm. forward. It just, it's just one of those things where your perception of what is going to happen in reality is always worse than what actually is going to happen. O- almost 100% of the time. I can't say all the time, but almost all the time, it is always worse. So that's why you just got to push through. You just got to do it. I know that's not the, the sex they seem to say, but once you've identified, once you've made the steps, just do it because you know you want to and you have your support system you have your reasons why all those different things that which mm-hmm. should help push you that's kind of why i make those things uh but i love that too it's like just 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 fucking do it just yeah fuck. i mean have you ever listened to a jocko willick or a um <laughs> goggins. david david goggins my boy goggins uh he doesn't know me but i know him uh <laughs> i imagine people like les brown tony robbins gary v they all say the same thing and they all say the same thing because it works yeah and because it works and so it's not like there's some special people they came from not necessarily nothing but they were nobodies until they were somebody and it's just that simple because they pushed through and they just did it and they didn't worry about or if they did worry about it they didn't let stop them about getting results yeah yeah and it yeah it's so funny because that's exactly what i had to do today with regards to sending the invitation to all the guys that i wanted to come to the brotherhood the first brotherhood boot camp right um, that was another thing like, yeah, I could, I could strategize for days on how to do it, but no, like at some point enough is enough already. Like enough is enough. Just hit send. Like you said, and if it makes you feel any better, I remember I, uh, when you said you recorded 40 and didn't post a single one that shocked me for a second, but I instantly remembered back like, Man, I'm going to say about nine months ago when I was probably at like, I don't know, episode 10 or something like that. It was actually, I remember in one of those episodes saying that it was like actually episode 35. I just hadn't posted the first 25 because I, I, record, I recorded them and just didn't do it. Just didn't do it. I'm like, no. And, and, and why? And why? Because my perception was that people would reject it because the stories I was playing in my head were based on complete fiction and I chose to 
I chose to appease those stories instead of writing new ones. So say, for example, one of the things this happened to me today, and it's amazing how these little things become the complete game changers. So a guy walks into the gym today and I've seen him there a bunch of times and he looks like a nice guy, but like we've never talked. It's just one of those things like, Hey, what's up? Like a, a nod, whatever. So we're getting ready to cross paths. He's got his earphones on and he takes one off like this and he throws out his fist for a fist pump. And I'm like, Hey man, he's like, Hey bud, it's really good to see you. I'm like, like, I don't even know his name and he doesn't know mine, but like it made me feel special. And in that moment, I thought, this would be an amazing guy to have come to one of the boot camps. But what if instead of me thinking that guys are going to wonder like what the hell this is all about, nobody's going to want to take what works inside the gym and apply it to their relationships, their fear of intimacy, their sense of purpose, their mental and emotional health. No guys are going to want to do that too. This guy might look in the poster and go like, oh my God, finally. Finally, somebody is going to talk about this stuff. Finally, somebody's going to like, why am I not entertaining that idea? Right. Exactly. Why am I not doing that? And the reason is likely. Right. But going full circle now, I haven't done it yet. So I need to make sure I do this. I'm looking over at my desk over here because I'm going to write it on the desk is what if you're wrong? I'm going to write that down because I have a perception (laughs) that habitual perceptions that people aren't going to like the brotherhood boot camp. And then it's like, what if you're wrong? And then what's the opposite of that? So writing down that trigger for me to question my own stories is huge. Um, okay. A couple things I want to talk to you about before we go. And I want to ask you, one of my one of my good, good, good friends, James, in episode, I think it was episode number 19 um, of Inspired by Impact, he, he brought up this idea of when people say, you know what? Well, I tried my best. And to quote him, he said, well, your best fucking sucks. Like, you know, you could have done better. So for you, if you had to answer this question, where are you lying to yourself about when it comes to trying your best? Where would you say that is for you, Scott? Power. I love that question. But wait, wait you can hear background. I apologize. There's oh. something going on behind me. I don't know what nope. that is. So no, just, it's all you can't hear it. Perfect. Um, where am I lying to myself when it comes to trying my best? Gosh, that's such a, like, I'll stick to business. I think that, um, you know, because I work full-time elsewhere and I also coach, you know, clients on the side and I'm building that up in the podcast, I think that uh, I am not doing the best I can on the side for various reasons, but bullshit reasons. I such think as? That I, such as, oh, I'm, I'm overly tired from working a 10-hour day or something like that. And I've allowed myself, okay, well, I'm only going to do 30 minutes today. And I still get the recordings. Out, I still get the basic bare minimum out to achieve certain results. But in terms of like, oh, why is this not happening or why is this not happening? It's because I have not put in the requisite effort to do it, even though I'm like, oh, but I'm trying so hard. So I have both, I have both thoughts at the same time. I'm well aware that I can do more. But for some reason, the safety, I'm like, but I am trying. So I should see the result anyway, shouldn't I? Same concept of someone tells you, but I'm trying so hard to lose weight. I'm, I am I know, but I'm not seeing results. I'm doing so well. And the second you ask them, what about Saturday? Well, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. you, I go, so that 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 would be my bit. No, not, maybe not to that extreme because I'm seeing results, right? And I'm doing what I want to do and I'm coaching and it's great. But, you know, if I'm going to be a billionaire in three years, no, but <laughs> it's a matter of there's nothing it, far-fetched in my mind, man. 
Appreciate it. But it's a matter of, okay, like you're not doing the best work you could do and you've delayed things for so long. Now it gets done eventually once you break, for example, 40 episodes post your first episode. And now overall, I'm over 450 episodes deep. That's a very good accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Whether you know, starting to do videos on social media, I didn't want to do that at first. Sorry, I'm going to start doing YouTube. Uh, and what, you know, what's holding me back on that is ridiculousness. So it's a matter of like, Hey guys, like it's a matter of just, I know that I could do better in business and I'm aware of it. And at the same time, I still have this weird dichotomy of, well, I'm at least I'm still doing something. At least I'm working hard. And then I use that random thought of I'm working hard as a justification of why is, why aren't things working? Even though I know I could do better at it. Uh, now, whether that means I need to leave a job, that, that's a whole other you know, you go down the rabbit hole with that. But the mm-hmm. fact is, I know that I have time, I can do it, I can manage both. And I just haven't yet, because I haven't broken through that last barrier or that next barrier. Okay, I need to go into overdrive. I need to, as a very controver- uh, controversial figure once said, I have to 10x my, uh, you don't know, Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone. Very, con- very controversial yeah. right now. So um, I had to 10x my effort. And I, I know maybe I 2x it, maybe I 3x it. I have not 10x it yet. And so how can I expect the best results if I haven't given it my all? And I know I have it because I finished in the last th- four months, I finished two different TV series. Well, if I was 10Xing it, I probably wouldn't have been able to finish those. T- and, I, and I know that. And, I, and again, some of you, you know, there's, there's time for relaxation, there's time for leisure, but I know those shows specifically, I know I wasted time doing those. I know okay. I was down. I know on my phone when it says, uh, you know, oh, you had six hours of social media use. And I know that only three of those are used for business. I'm like, hmm, that's three hours of scrolling that I, that yeah. I wasted. So I know that there's room for improvement uh, for sure. So I would say, I would say in my business, in, in my passion project of coaching people and really behavior change coaching, um, that's where I need to improve to scale it up. Not that, not, not that my coaching clients stuff forever. It's me scaling up that I haven't done my best work yet. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, buddy. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, there was only one more question I want to ask you, but now you've given me another one because I was actually talking about this, uh, with, with Jenny Lee today in that she she was, she's, she just got a new job that she's going to be starting in about a month. So she's doing everything she can to leave the one that she's doing in as good a shape as possible. And if there's anybody who cares about the work they do, Holy shit, does she ever. So she takes it really personally. She's working like 12, 13 hour days and she's coming to me and she says, I'm feel, I feel like I'm not doing enough. And I'm looking at her like she's fucking insane. But I can relate because there's a lot of times where I don't feel like I'm doing enough. Whereas if anybody were to look at my calendar or my schedule, they would see that base, relatively speaking, I'm doing quite a bit. Like I'm doing quite a bit, but I still feel like I'm not doing enough. So for guys like you and me who are putting in the reps, who are making progress, who can literally go back week to week and say, yes, these are the tangible steps that I took towards my goal. And yet we feel like we're not doing enough. Where is the happy medium? You know, when I find it, uh, <laughs> I'll let you know. I, okay. I, you know, it's so difficult, right? Because like, you know, everyone around me is like, Scott, that was an amazing episode or this was great. Or I loved your video or, you know, people will text me. Hey, I, I listened to the last episode. But I loved it. And, and I'm sitting here like, well, I haven't hit the metric I want to hit or I only did 30 minutes of this and I should have done 45 minutes of this or so on and so forth. There's certain days 
where I'm like, I could have done more, but where's that balance? Because I am doing a lot, right? You're right. You are doing a lot. If you look, if you were to look at it in totality, it's like, I'm doing a lot, but like you put yourself on such a high pedestal of what should happen based on what you want to see happen. And, you know, it's a great question and I don't have an answer because I have not created that balance of, okay, when's it enough? I think after I, you know, on certain days, I do feel like it's enough because I'm okay. I worked for an hour and a half straight. I was in flow state. I did all this stuff. I feel very good about not having to do more today. I feel like I did enough. I'm awesome. I feel there, there are days I do feel like that, but good. those are, those are, those are not every day. I'd say it's probably twice or three times a week. I really feel like I, I, I killed it. I feel great. But then how do I get to that point on the other four days a week versus beating up myself? And again, I haven't found the answer to that. I think it's more so maybe less interruptions, maybe more specific, like, okay, not just random work, but get a, get a very specific task done with a very specific guideline. But again, it depends. So I don't have a specific answer for you, unfortunately, or for the audience who are working on their things. Um, you know, I think with fitness, it's way easier. Did you work out today? Did you meal prep? Yeah, Did you yeah. like, it's so, and I love, I love that. Like you know, for me, it's like, man, fitness is so easy. I wish I had a fitness problem because I feel like there's such a direct solution <laughs> Whereas everything else is just, it takes time. It just takes time. Like you won't see results forever. It just takes time. And eventually it just skyrockets. So, yeah. you know, who knows, but that's the general, I haven't figured it out. And if you ever figured it out, I hope you would tell me, but I would just say that, um, you know, maybe it's less about doing more and it's mostly, okay. Am I being too hard on myself and, and being in reflecting? What have I done? Identify what I've done. And is this a good amount of stuff to have done? And is that worthwhile or is there have, or is there more that I have to do? I think that's a good first step in identifying if you have done enough on a specific day or a specific week or a specific month to then say, okay, I'm being too hard on myself. I should, I now, I need to relax or you know what? No, I'm not being too hard on myself. I have not done enough. I need to do more. Okay. Um, you just answered your own question um, in terms of asking me like, real, okay, if, if you time. find something. Right, exactly. And that's that's what I love. That's what I would really hope that any man listening to this, this is why you want to have conversations with other men. Because one of the best ways to... I'll preface this with one of my favorite quotes, and everybody's heard me say this a million one times. I should probably look up who the author is. I believe it's Mark Twain. But no question is so difficult to answer as that to which the answer is obvious. I love that. That being said... You started off this whole conversation with the, the idea of self-awareness. So you just said in a roundabout way and very accurately, maybe you need to stop and take a look at, okay, and reflect on what you've done. Like, okay, I said I was going to do this and I did this. So say, for example, me, I have uh, an app called Done where I have eight different what I call critical compounding commitments. And I actually change that now to life lifts like the lifts for life like just like inside the gym right now i'm doing a very foundational and um what's the word i'm looking for i can't remember but basic strength training routine where it's like hey i've got the main lifts i've got deads i've got bench i've got squats i've got rows i've got like the main ones right so those are my main lifts for strength now i also have my main lifts for life like inside of my relationships, I have my main lifts. Inside of my mental and emotional health, I have my main lifts. Inside of my sense of purpose, I have my main lifts. So on Sundays, when I go in and reflect and see, did I get in my reps for my lifts this week? If the answer is yes, then it's Sunday night cigar time. So I go down on the patio or I'll go for a nice long walk and have like a good two-hour cigar. And I reflect, <clears throat> excuse me, I reflect on the fact that I, I held up my commitments to myself and others this week. 
So I am actually reflecting back on that. But then the other thing about it that uh, my buddy James said in that episode as well is I asked him the question, how do you make like, because like you said, inside the gym, did you work out or not? Like, is the weight going up in your lifts or not? Like you, it's so easy and so tangible to see if you're actually doing what you want to do and making results. I said, how do you apply that to relationships and mental and emotional health and your sense of purpose? James just said the 80-20 rule. Are you doing the things that you committed to doing 80% of the time? Because then, yes, if you are, scroll on your phone for social media all you want. Go through three series of whatever you want because you're keeping the commitments that you did to yourself. But it all starts with that whole self-awareness thing that you just talked about. So I really hope that you habitualize stepping back and realize just how much work you're doing. Because before I get to my last question, um, with regards to the mental muscle up that's inside of my journal, like the four questions, what is your situation? What is your, um, transformation? What's your inspiration and what's your implementation? I just want to give Scott a huge shout out right now, because if anybody wants any episodes where you can very quickly go and get a notable quotable that you'll use for the inspiration for the mental muscle ups, Scott's episodes are perfect for it because, and I say that because there's two books that I love more than any other uh, right now, for sure, more than any other. It's the war of art by Stephen Pressfield and the way of the superior man by David data. And one of the reasons I love them is because they're the chapters are super short. Like there's no fluff. It's just like right to the point. So when I, whenever I'm doing my mental muscle up, I open up the book, I see what I've outlined and I use that notable quotable for my inspiration. And so your podcast episodes are very much like that where there's just no fluff. It's like, Hey, what am I struggling with today? Okay. Well, just take a look at Scott's podcast. Look at the episode. Oh, just like today, fucking positivity and the mindset and stuff. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, boom, I start, I took something away from it right away. So your episodes are, are brilliant like that. So thank you for those, man. And I, um, first off, I appreciate that hundred percent. It does mean a lot. And that's why you do it. I mean, at the end of the day, that's yeah. why you post it. That's why, you know, that's why we do it. And, um, I want to say too, just for the audience listening here, like if you're listening to coach Carl, you already know, just like his energy is just, it, it's, it's addictive. Right. And I love it. <laughs> and that's why I love, that's why I was, you know, can't wait to be on the show and everything. So I, I do appreciate that and everything that you're doing as well. I mean, thanks a lot, cool. man. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I actually get, that's one thing I need to acknowledge more too. of now I think about it. A, a lot of people have been saying that, that the energy is, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty contagious. So I'm glad I'm, contagious. I'm, I'm, I'm glad Sorry. you're, I'm glad you're feeling what I'm feeling over here. So, okay. Last question for you. Um, inspired by impact is all about igniting the impact you wish to see in your world. So for you, what is one thing from our convo today that you will take from inspiration to implementation in order to ignite the impact you wish to see in your world? So one thing we talked about, you know, I, I love what we just ended with like straight up. I think that the, the biggest thing is to reflect first of create that kind of list to reflect on for the li well, life muscle ups doing some version of that so that I can go, okay, I did what I wanted to do. Now it's time to relax. Now it's time to do X, Y, and Z. I think I'm very hard on myself. That was my number one implementation is to uh, have that. So that number one, it's a clear path of what I need to get done before I can relax. And then once I get to that point, Hey, you've earned it. You're good. You can relax today. You know, not everyone is Eric Thomas and, and no, no fault to him where, you know, the sign behind me right there, says if, you know, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. <laughs> it's a great quote and, I, and it gets you motivated, gets you disciplined. But you know, at some point you do have to relax. At some point you do have yeah. to recover and take time for yourself. So it's one of those things where, you know, I, I used to just be all go, no stop. Any sort of relaxation was a sin 
And I was like, nope, can't do it. And now it's like, I'm at the point where no, 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 I need to, because otherwise you're not going to get to where you need to go. You need to sleep. You need to do this because that's going to make you even better. So I think that would be the part I take with me the most is the, those life muscle ups of, Hey, did I do this? If I can cigar Sunday, love that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for me, it might be just watching an, you know, an episode of a TV show that I'm doing. Cause I just love, I, I love TV and I love getting deep dives yep. in those. So I would say that would be a big thing. Okay. Awesome, buddy. Okay. Uh, everybody, you got to check out the power of progress. Um, like even just the title alone was what first really, um, got me triggered and very curious about how Scott went that way. Cause the power of progress, it's just like, it, it, it's so simple yet. It's so powerful as most powerful things, powerful things are right. Like usually the more powerful, more simple, or the more simplistic they are, the more powerful they are. So other than listening to your podcast, if people want to reach out to you, if they want to connect with you to kind of just feed off of this mindset that you have and learn from you, where can they connect with you, Scott? Yeah, that's great. So my website, scottspeaksfitness.com, uh, pretty simple. Uh, just go there. You can feel free to contact me through there. But honestly, the fastest way to contact me is uh, Instagram or Facebook, Scott Freeman 24 I'm very active. I respond if I, if it's to me, it's not spam. I respond to basically every message I get, uh, whether it's through the podcast or through Instagram. And I love when people ask me questions on Instagram, uh, directly. I, I answer them on the show usually, and I'll, and I'll, and I tag them in and everything. So, um, those would be the three main ways, the power of progress podcast, uh, the website, and then Instagram are the three best ways to reach out. Okay. Beautiful. And to any dudes listening up, like seriously reach out because I was actually talking about this with, uh, another dude that I had on my podcast earlier this week, and we talk about how we encourage people to reach out, but they just don't because they don't think we're going to respond when we respond every single, single time. time until a certain point. Once Scott and I get to be billionaires, then you guys, you're just going to have to wait um, or you're going to have to pay for it. But um, anyways, no, S Scott, this was I am so fucking happy I didn't cancel because <laughs> like, A, this has been an amazing conversation, but tonight's date night for Jenny Lee and I as well. So had I canceled, I would have been bringing like a very bottom level Carl into that. Whereas now she's going to get, she's going to get a good fucking Carl tonight. Cause I'm pretty jacked up after this conversation. So Scott, this was absolutely amazing, bro. We're definitely going to have to do this again. And, uh, Thank you for all your amazing insights, bro. I learned so much from you today. No, and I appreciate having the show. Thank you so much, man. No problem, bud. There you go, my brother. Toxic masculinity completely redefined. And that, to me, is such a game-changing idea. This concept that we men ourselves are toxic internally. And that is the real toxic masculinity in the world that we need to cure. Now, speaking of curing toxic masculinity, you know what to do. Go into the show notes, download your free blueprints of the MMU and get this shit started. If you need a hand with it, you'll see another link in the show notes for a free coaching call with me. No sales whatsoever. I just want to help guide you through the MMU so that you can ignite the impact you wish to see in your world. Now, small favor, if you liked this episode, what I would love for you to do is on Spotify, rate it, click the stars, Apple iTunes or whatever the hell it is now, go ahead and do that as well. But also, if you would be so kind, take a screenshot of the podcast and share it on Instagram and tag me at Ignite the Impact. That way we can get this message out to more men who, like you, want to ignite the impact they wish to see in their world. Until next time, my brother, we got this. Thank you.